Hey, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on when you're watching this edition of Hypnosis Week Live. It's episode number 62, to be precise, of the video uh, version of this show. And I'm doing my mental gymnastics now, which makes that episode four of season two of the audio podcast. But the links will be below this video, along with the links to this week's guest. Uh, a lady who's been on the show before, as you will see, if you go to hypnosisweek.com, you'll be able to see our last interview, which was mainly focused on all manners of hypnotherapy and, and the mind and healing and all that kind of stuff. We're going to go into a more specific area today, today being the 25th of May 2020. And I mentioned that purely so if you find this in weeks, months or years to come, you realise that this was recorded well, uh, a lot of the world was still on lockdown, although some places were easing up a little bit from the COVID-19 coronavirus um, pandemic around the world, which raised some interesting thoughts. And the lady I'm about to introduce to you uh, sent me a message and said, have you noticed that people have been having, you know, sleeping more or having more dreams or people who don't normally remember the dreams are doing or that they're more vivid and um, that's why we're doing this show. So please welcome back to the show. Uh, I'm my first guest to do a second appearance actually. Um, the wonderful Zelita Grant. Good day to you. Good day. Thank you so much for having me. Hello from the Rocky Mountains of Colorado. Thanks for being here. So, I mean, I briefly laid out that we communicated a little bit about dreams and um, dreams take on all forms. There's dream analysis where people say that you can analyze dreams and what they mean. Some of that can be a bit kooky and commercialized just to make money, I think. Then there's Freudian and Jungian versions of dream analysis where they say often it's means the opposite of your dream or it can be a, a metaphoric way of helping you accept things that consciously might be a little bit too uh, traumatic or stressful to to deal with. Um, then there's conventional psychology where they say that all the things that happen during the day, we get so much stimuli and messages that we don't consciously take them all in, but they do go into our computer bank, our brain, and at night dreams are our way of sorting out what can be discarded, what's important, what needs to be attended to. And then there's all manner of other fields of thought as well. So I'm going to hand over to you to let the viewers, listeners kind of know what your thoughts uh, are regarding dreams. So dreams have been a very important part of my life. When I was 21 years old, I went on a vision quest to northern Mexico where I fasted in the desert and I waited to have a dream that would be influential in my life. And I had such a dream. And that dream reoccurred for 27 years. That dream guided me in choosing my profession. It helped me to know where to go and where to live. It helped me to find the true love of my life. And it has always been a very important area for me. But something happened significantly in my dream world in December of 2019. And I had a very powerful dream. And in this very powerful dream, Mother Earth and Father Time were talking. 
And Mother Earth was talking about the damage to the earth. And I have to admit, I'm an ecological activist, and it's an important subject to me. And was talking about the fact that, you know, the great apes were being destroyed so human beings could eat certain kinds of cookies. And that there was no way to get humanity to see that changes had to happen. And so Father Time stroked his long beard and paused for a moment and then looked directly at me in the dream, looked at me and said, we will send a plague. And Mother Earth said, well, human beings are very inventive and they'll ignore the plague. And then Father Time said, we will send more plague. And then the dream ended. And look what happened in the next few months to our world. So this made me feel that it was really important that people started listening again to dreams. Dreams have been very important in every single culture. They were considered to be messages from great spirit. Dreamers were seen to be visionaries and seers that brought messages. Artists listened to dreams and painted out of their dreams. But somewhere in the middle of the 20th century in the United States of America, dreams began to be identified with foolishness. Dreamers were considered to be fools and the content of your dream world was considered to be meaningless. And so I began to feel an inner call in my life to help people begin to remember their dreams, to know their dreams are important, to understand their dreams, and to be able to use their dreams to improve the quality of their life. I have always been a student of dreams. And in the last few months, I have put together a what I consider to be a really marvelous product called the Secret World of Dreams Kit, which includes a interactive dream journal in two forms. One you can print on your computer and type on, one you can download and write. It also has a dream programming MP3, and it has the mandalas, because the dream workbook is filled with mandalas, the mandalas are a separate download that you can print out and color because mandalas help you to become more focused and direct your attention inside. And so I reached out to you because I know that you have a large audience to help bring this message to the world that it's so important to begin to take a look at your dreams. And when I was in the process of reaching out to people such as yourself, I noticed that there were some articles appearing in magazines that were talking about the fact that people are dreaming more and people are not really understanding what their dreams are about. So that's the foundation of our journey today. Well, obviously, when this video goes live tomorrow morning, um, below the video will be usual links to your website and that but if you can send me the link on Facebook messenger before then I can put the direct link to the particular dream package that you mentioned um before. I will I will so, definitely there's all these different as I mentioned before there's Freudian analysis Jungian analysis 
there's a psychological view, there's a psychotherapy, there's so many different views and models and constructs and ideas behind dream analysis. Um, people who are not even involved in hypnotherapy or therapy, or if they are, haven't looked into dreams, are probably aware of, for example, the musical uh, Joseph and his Technicolor Dream Court, which is yes. based on certain parables in uh, the religious text of uh, the Bible. Um, that's more that, you know, saying that dreams can be prophetic. Um, what? So let me make it simple. Yeah, you you, you explain. So, what, what so do you know the story of the uh, five blind men and the elephant yes. that comes out of India? Well, please, please relate it in case there's listeners or viewers who don't know it. So five blind men were asked to describe an elephant and they all reached out and touched the elephant. And one grabbed the tail and one grabbed the leg and one grabbed the trunk and one grabbed the ear and one grabbed the back. And each of them described the elephant according to what it was that they touched. So all of the theories about dreams are like that story. People are reaching out from their own particular biases and ideas, but the common message that we get from all of those systems is that there is important content of the dreams. Dreams can be our most direct message from the great spirit, from the source of all life. And that's why we have Joseph's Technicolor dream, a message from the source. Dreams can tell us how we really feel about ourselves. One time, a few years ago, I had a client whose mother-in-law was coming to visit for three months, and she kept telling me how much she was looking forward to this visit, but she kept having dreams of flushing her mother-in-law down the toilet. <laughs> so she was very disturbed by this, and when I taught her to kind of look for the message of those dreams, she learned that she needed to set some boundaries with her mother-in-law, who she really did like and care for, but who organized her spice cabinet, who rearranged her linen cabinet, who organized her food. And when she realized that all of those things really bothered her, she was able to kind of get to a place of truth about herself and establish some boundaries, which you know, didn't destroy the relationship, actually enhanced the relationship. So dreams can tell us the truth about who we are and how we feel. Okay. Um, well, in, in, would you say in a literal sense or a more metaphoric? A metaphorical sense. You know, those dreams were telling her that even though she really liked her mother-in-law, there were things that irritated her. And so this idea of like, you know, flushing these things away gave her that message that she needed to be more truthful so she didn't feel uncomfortable. Okay. Well, sometimes our dreams can seem really... Well, certainly for me, and I, I know I have spoke with other people, so I'm not the only one, but can seem really, really surreal, abstract, bizarre, nonsensical. 
Uh, when your dreams are like that, your subconscious is really trying to get your attention. How does somebody go about making sense of the nonsensical? So the first thing to do is to begin to set the intention that you are going to remember your dreams and that your dreams will become clear, concise, and helpful. Because dreams are written in a foreign language, and they are created in another state of consciousness. And so there's an idea which is called state-dependent learning, which mm -hmm. basically says it's very hard to take information from one state of consciousness and bring it into another. So you have to learn how to do that, and you have to learn how to translate symbols. You know, when I was going to Berkeley, California in the 1960s, they did an experiment with college students where they got them drunk and they had them learn information. Then when they were sober, they couldn't retain the information, but if they drank alcohol, they could remember the information. So that theory is called state-dependent learning. Oh, so, conventional psychology, it's got one extra letter in it. It's state-dependent memory and learned behavior. S-D-M-L-B, for anyone who wants to look into that more. Yes, I'm so glad you know about that. So well, I've studied can, a lot of things. <laughs> That's why I like talking to you. You know a lot of things. So you can begin to learn to understand your dreams. Keep a tablet and a pen by your bed. The first thing you do when you wake up is you jot any kind of ideas or impressions or feelings that you have about the dream. Okay, like driving the blue sports car up the mountaintop to the cabin. Okay, just content. And when you bring that content from the dream state to the conscious state, your conscious mind will begin to play with it during the day. And as you do, you'll begin to have, kind of like Freud, you'll begin to have some free associations. Oh, that car is kind of like my life, and I'm driving my sporty little life down the road, but now I'm coming to this windy road going up a mountain, you know, and just kind of noticing what shows up in your mind. What do you pick to look at? You know, your personal omens. So this is all something you can learn to do, and believe me, it's not rocket science. Everyone can learn to do it. And that's part of my new mission in life is to help people learn to do it. It's not just, I mean, obviously we can use these techniques ourselves, but a lot of the viewers and listeners um, are likely involved in some kind of psychological talking therapy approach. And um, I know, for example, with free association that you just mentioned, um, of, or as it's got morphed when it mixed with uh, hypnotherapy, hypnoanalysis, that if you're doing a, a number of sessions with a client um, who's perhaps experienced severe trauma, sexual abuse or whatever during the life, 
that it can often prove beneficial to suggest and I'm blatantly saying suggest because saying to the client you know when you leave here when you go to sleep tonight and each night until you see me next week you may find that you have more memory of your dreams than you've had in the past or more of an awareness of them and perhaps more of an idea what the real meaning of those dreams may mean to you in this world now to help empower you that by doing what you said keeping a bit of a journal that between sessions that can be a powerful psychotherapeutic tool for the therapist to use with clients as well yeah absolutely it's so incredible because once you start opening that door to the dream world and i have a process that i'd like to share with your with your audience which is oh, called yeah, the dream well. weaver yeah, and the dream do, yeah. weaver helps you connect inward cool yeah go for it okay so please do not oper do this process while you're operating machinery or driving a car but only in a place where you can allow yourself to comfortably relax. And it feels okay for you, just gently close your eyes and allow yourself now to begin to settle in now, to unwind now, to let go. And taking a moment now to gently place one hand upon the heart and one hand upon your belly as you allow yourself to feel a connection, a connection within you. Now taking a long, deep breath in through the nose, let it out through the mouth with a sigh take in another breath another breath into the body and as you exhale you let go you unwind and you breathe and you breathe take in another breath now into the body and as you exhale you sink down deeper now letting the hands drift to a comfortable place a comfortable space now find a rhythm a rhythm of your breath find that rhythm the in-breath is life and vitality. The out-breath is tension and stress. You breathe in life and vitality. You breathe out tension. You breathe out stress. I'm going to count backwards now. From ten to one, and each descending number takes you to a deeper place now, takes you to a deeper space now. Ten, nine, eight, go deeper now. 
seven, six, five. Go deeper now. Four, three, two, one. You are there, right place, right now. Now begin to imagine a soft, warm shower of light washing down upon you, washing away tension, washing away pressure. Take a breath and go deeper now. Take a breath and go deeper now. The shower creates a vibrating, tingling sensation as you relax your scalp now, your forehead, your jaw, feel the jaw, relax the jaw, relaxing the cheeks and the ears, relaxing the eyes, the eyelids and eyelashes and eyebrows, the muscles and tissues around the eyes and even your eyeballs letting go now. The eyes are the windows of the soul. And as the outer eyes are closed, open those inner eyes. Open the eyes of your soul. Go deeper now, much deeper. Relaxing the neck and the shoulders, the arms and the hands. Taking a deep breath into the chest. And as you exhale, imagine that your heart can open like a flower. Go deeper now. Relaxing the hips and the thighs, the knees, the calves, the feet, the toes. Body knows. Your body knows how good it feels to deeply relax. You deeply relax now. Now say to yourself inside, I am still. Become still. Now let's go to the mind. Ten, nine, eight, go into your mind. Seven, six, five, go to the mind. Four, three, two, one. You're inside now, the room in the mind, the room now to put all thoughts away. There's a perfect order in the universe. All life-enhancing thoughts will come back in perfect order. All of your self-defeating thoughts will fade, fade, fade away like a photograph left in the sun. Go deeper now. Clear your mind. And it's good to know now that you have a conscious and a subconscious. And that's so good to know. And it's good to know now that your conscious mind can drift now and rest now. Your subconscious hears and understands everything I am saying. I am talking to the subconscious. The subconscious knows how very deep you need to be 
to get the maximum benefit, the maximum benefit today. I now direct the subconscious to take you as deep as you need to be. Ten, nine, eight, go to the right level. Seven, six, five, go directly. Four, three, two, one, you are there, right place, right now. Set that intention, ask and allow. Today, we are going to go on a journey, a journey to meet your own dream weaver. Your dream weaver is a inner resource, a spiritual guide, a element that allows you to begin to understand and use the power of your own dreams. Your dream reader may be a feeling, a sense of knowing, a color, an image, a symbol, a thought. Your dream weaver may appear in this experience or wait until later in the time of dreams. But everyone has their own dream weaver. So I want you to begin to imagine Imagine that you're standing at the entrance of the Emerald Forest. There are tall trees that reach for the sun. There are short trees. They do not compete. There are ferns and mosses and ivies. Each one plays a part. This is a forest of mystery, a forest of enchantment, a forest of healing. And you're part of this forest, part of mystery, part of enchantment, part of healing. You are safe here as you walk into the forest. Look for the path. It goes this way and that, uphill and down. Look for the path, the path in the forest. Follow the path. Lift one foot and then the other. Hear the crunch of twigs. The only reminder of last year's autumn. The sunlight filtering down through the trees creates emerald green light all around you. And you come into a clearing now, a place where the light flows in. You step into the clearing and from the place of the heart, you call your own dream weaver. Allow yourself to feel and sense and know and see the dream weaver. The dream weaver stretches out the hands towards you. Your dreams will be clear, concise, and helpful. You will remember your dreams. You will remember your dreams. Your dreams will be clear, concise, and helpful. You will have healing dreams. You will have healing dreams. Now in an easy and natural way, this process integrates into you, body, mind, spirit, and emotions. In an easy and natural way, that door, that door to the world of dreams has been opened now, and your dreams will become clear, 
concise and helpful. You will remember your dreams. Getting ready to come back now, I'm going to count to five. When I say five, you'll feel wide awake, centered, balanced, and you'll have a connection to the dream weaver and the world of dreams. Getting ready to come back now, counting to five. One, take a breath into your body. Two, gently moving fingers and toes. Three, moving and stretching. Four, getting ready to gently open your eyes. And five, letting the eyes open, becoming awake and aware. Mm. Ow. Snap my fingers. <laughs> yeah. Wiggle your fingers, wiggle your toes, come fully back into this world. Ah. Hello. I do believe I'm back. Very good. Glad to have you. The world needs you. Now, hopefully people at home will have gone through the process then, but if you haven't, please do watch this again or listen again and actually go through it because it doesn't matter how much, uh, it wouldn't matter even if I attempted to describe uh, what I felt due to the fact that everyone has unique different experiences. So it, the only way you're going to know is actually give it a go and do it. So you need to rewind the video, rewind the podcast and actually go through it if you haven't done if you didn't do it then, do it, because then you'll have more of an understanding. Um, again, there's no right or wrongs with any of this, as we mentioned earlier, but um, the bit I remember is saying your dream weavers reaching out hand, and I saw what I could only describe as being... An Ewok from the Star Wars films. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. I like Ewoks. Short little fluffy. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it seemed like to me. Um, obviously, it'd be different for everyone, you know, who, who does this. But that's what it was for me. And I definitely do feel chilled out like you've had a good kip good meaning sleep it's another word for sleep sorry i realized i just went into slang words there but yeah no i feel like i've had a right good rest even though that was only what seven eight minutes or something i don't know yeah about 10 about 10 well it feels like i've had a right good afternoon nap for an hour or two anyway so I mean, it's one of the secrets of all hypnosis that if you actually go into a good, deep hypnotic state, it's the equivalent of three or four hours of sleep. Excellent. So, um, so I've got to get my brain to now go back into alertness mode to uh, obviously ask a few more questions because that I just feel like, yeah. We know that hypnosis is not the same as going to sleep, really, before anyone watching or listening uh, thinks I'm suggesting such. But 
I'm just saying that that's how I feel as long as I've just woken up. So I'm just getting my alertness back. Have a yeah. Coffee. Yeah, I should have snapped my fingers. Yeah. Um, no, whatever works for you. Excellent. So, what um, what do you think about what's the difference between normal dreaming? I mean, I know this, but I'm, I want your view for the viewers and the listeners. Normal dreaming that just happens of its own accord, and uh, so-called lucid dreaming. So lucid dreaming some people spontaneously know how to do other people can learn is being aware of your dreaming while you're dreaming mm -hmm. and being able to as you develop more skills change the course of the dream what why would somebody want to change the course of a dream so if you are having a dream that is somehow frightening and you're feeling disempowered in the dream, mm -hmm. then you might want to change the course of the dream. So I worked for a period of time really quite a bit with young children. And some of those issues of young children had to do with nightmares and I can remember working with one little boy who very often saw monsters in his dreams and really had some awareness he was dreaming but could not get out of the dream. So there was a lucidness to the dreaming. So I taught him to shrink the monsters so that if the monsters shrunk down to like the size of like little puppy dogs and he maintained his regular height, he could be stronger and more powerful than the monsters. So I'm gonna, I'm, this is a bit of an out there metaphor, but I'm gonna relate it. Um, and if viewers and listeners know what I'm on about, this will make sense to you possibly. If you don't, then you can always rent the movie that I, I'm gonna mention, but the Nightmare on Elm Street films with Freddy Krueger, this, um, the, the, the horror films from sort of the late 80s, uh, yeah, late 80s, early 90s, with the spiky glove and all that, and the burnt face, and it appears in people's dreams, but also in the real world as well. And there's this idea of dreams can become reality, but in the film, uh, they have to go into their dreams, go to sleep and then take control of what's happening in those dreams in order to be able to defeat uh, this Freddy Krueger character. And in the same way, I kind of guess you're saying that if you can start to take control of the dreams in the sleep dream world, that whatever they metaphorically were standing in the way of or representing as a stress and anxiety or, or whatever – um, may stop manifesting itself in a negative fashion in the real conscious waking world. I think that's absolutely correct. And I think that's an absolutely brilliant metaphor to connect into what I'm saying. It also shows yeah. I'm paying attention. And what you're saying <laughs> makes sense. Excellent. Yeah. 
You know, I think it's good to like touch on the fact that there are different types of dreams. Like the most common dream people have is called clearinghouse dreams. And clearinghouse dreams is just kind of like sorting the events of the day, you know, kind of like replaying scenes, organizing things. And the mind does that to help keep you sane and balanced so you don't feel overloaded. It processes your day. And then there are dreams that are interference dreams and interference dreams are like you had pizza and it's upsetting your stomach and you kind of see a blue eyed monster or you hear a car backfire and you begin to have dreams about a shootout with gangsters and cops. You know, something has interfered from the outer world and is affecting your dreams. Another type of dreams is dreams that are kind of issue-solving dreams. You know, dreams where something that you're like worrying about in the outer world, you have a dream and through the story of the dream, you kind of resolve the outer world conflict. Another type of dreams are the creative dreams. Now, there's lots of stories in history, like the man who invented the sewing machine. He kept dreaming of natives with spears, with holes in them that had thread going through cloth. And he got the idea of the sewing machine from that. You know, a lot of the authors that come from your country, you know, Dickens was a person that had dreams and his dreams turned into stories. Robert Louis Stevenson. He dreamed about uh, Tom Sawyer. Each chapter from Tom Sawyer would appear as a dream. And so he wrote that book in a pretty fast amount of time because he would wake up each morning and just write the chapter of the book. So lots of people have gotten creative inspiration through their dreams. Well, Tesla, I can't remember whether it was Tesla, Nikola Tesla or Einstein. Or it might have been both of them, um, who said something which was along the lines of dreaming is a way to manifest reality um, and a way of connecting to the universal consciousness. Yes, definitely. And also the consciousness of our own body. You know, our body is like a wonderful antenna that could be giving us information all the time but unfortunately we tend to medicate the messages of our body you know if we walk into our work and we get a pain in our neck we don't say what is it about my work that is giving me this experience and tend we tend to take an aspirin mm -hmm. okay so if you have sensations in your stomach around certain people those are messages that your body is trying to give you. And in our dreams, we can't filter out those messages. So those messages can come clearer to us about what's really going on with us. Now, there's a very fine line between, well, in, in my opinion, obviously, you may have a different opinion, and that's fine. There's a very fine line between lucid dreaming, taking control, um, 
kind of becoming aware of being in your dream and steering his direction. And so-called astral projection. Very fine line because it's about kind of letting yourself go into, I mean, conventional sleep dreaming is delta state. Arguably astral projection is theta, deep state of theta, which is arguably hypnosis meditation state. But there's a very fine line between the two. There's a point where they both kind of blur. So my question would be, if you're directing, if you if you're lucid dreaming, you, you're directing your sleep state dreams, uh, and you direct it to go and visit a place in that dream, and it feels real. Have you arguably astrally traveled to that place? You know, some people would say you have. I wonder, perhaps, if. You know, we we talked a little bit about how dreaming is a different state of consciousness and think about all of the things that we can do in common consensus, ordinary reality. You know, we can do deductive learning, we can do inductive learning, we can do uh, being able to come to consensus. There's many skills that we have to use the mind. What if there are dreaming skills? What if there are dreaming skills about how to process your life faster and how to be able to open those doors to being your own inner advisor about your health and being able to do skills like astral projection? I wonder if maybe those things aren't all possible as we begin to study more the dream world. Because quite... There's some, I've read some stuff regarding, um, I suppose I can only really call it elements of um, ritual magic. And by magic, I mean M-A-G-R-I-C-K, magic. Right. Uh, not Paul Daniels, David Copperfield pulling a rabbit out of a hat. I mean, you know. I know. I know what you're talking about. Um, that blurs the line between astral projection, lucid dreaming, uh, and such with, yes, positive healing effect, distant healing can be one Mm -hmm. side, but then the polar opposite would be uh, placing spells and negativity up on a person. That's Uh, why I think that all things need to be done from a premise of ethics integrity and only desiring the greater good for yourself and for all others so what can people let's just entertain for the minute because viewers and listeners might be thinking good god jonathan you're getting a bit new agey tree huggy happy clap here i'm just exploring possibilities and body out there because obviously as with anything if somebody believes something is possible then it's more likely to feel to them at least that it may have occurred to them because they entertained that belief in the first place. Whether it was whether it has any basis in reality or not, irrelevant generally, because if they feel it does to them, then obviously in their reality it does. Um, 
So how can people protect themselves from other people, arguably, with the example I've just given, using nefarious intent uh, in their own astral projections or dreams? I believe that people. I believe that people can be naturally protected by allowing themselves to feel in alignment and connection with the source. Okay, you could call the source God. You could call it. Christ's power, you could call it positive thought, you could call it many things. I don't believe that anyone, just like no one can hypnotize you to do things against your will. See, we'll have, I to, do disagree. Not... We'll have to disagree on that one because I have first-hand real-life experience that I've done for media companies, uh, which made it legal to do it because it was part of a media project of doing things that otherwise would be deemed illegal. And you can most definitely hypnotize people without their knowledge, without their consent, to do things that are totally against their moral code and values. Done okay, it. well, you may have further information than I have. But but I, I do believe that we can be ultimately connected by our connection to the source. You know, I always like to go to sleep imagining that I'm surrounded by wonderful golden healing light. Okay. I cool. always yeah, like to I've read about white, well, I've read and experienced certainly in spiritualism. Um, a lot of people who do angel therapy. Um, again, I'm not saying that angels are real or anything. I haven't lost the plot. Viewers or listeners believe what you want. But the metaphor is always generally of a white healing white, bright, healing energy light. And if you visualize encapsulating yourself in that, um, so many belief systems believe that will protect you from the stuff. Yes. And, and I personally have a prayer that I say each night, and I say, the love of God surrounds me, the spirit of God enfolds me, the power of God protects me, the presence of God watches over me. Where I am, God is, and all is well. So I'm just trying to think, because we've kind of gone into therapeutic areas, metaphysical areas, arguably things that people would call psychic or, or, or new I like intuitive better. Intuitive. intuitive, that's another good word, yeah. I mean, there's all, all, all different viewpoints of this, but at its core, I think the commonality between all the areas we've touched on, which I don't think anyone can really argue about, whatever their own personal experiences or beliefs are, is that dreams have an importance in our lives. Simple as. Yay, that's it. And That's uh, it. And that paying some attention in a positive uh, intent and focused manner can help us uh, as individuals to harness whatever that dream state may mean to you as an individual. Absolutely. And I guess if I've understood and been paying attention that that is what the package at the link below this video or audio podcast is going to take people through and teach them to utilize more efficiently, effectively and, and such like. Absolutely. That's the whole intention and the purpose. 
Excellent. In which case, viewers and listeners, your next step, so to speak, if you've not already done it, the first thing I'd recommend you to do is to do what I said before. Uh, go and actually participate in the exercise that Zalita and uh, myself uh, interacted in earlier. Do it for yourself and then go and visit the links below this video or audio podcast and check out the package that uh, was mentioned at the top of the show. Um, I'm going to leave the final words this week to Zalita to kind of sum up um, the kind of benefits you could get from paying a bit more attention to your dreams. Your dreams are important. They're meant to give you information to improve the quality of your everyday life. Your dreams can become clear, concise, and helpful, and you can truly learn to understand your dreams. And my goal and my mission and my passion right now is to bring the world of dreams into the everyday world through the secret life of dreams. Excellent. Thank you very much indeed. Do do that exercise, watch, listen to this again, go through it and go to the links that are below or above, depending on where you're seeing this video or audio podcast. Thank you very much indeed. It's been a pleasure again, Zalita. And uh, listeners, thank you once again. Please do share this video and audio podcast far and wide so that other people can benefit from the wonderful wisdom and advice contained therein. Thank you. And we'll see you on the next edition of Hypnosis Week. Thank you so 